Great. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we love to amplify the voices of women whose stories are moving and meaningful, compelling. We share these stories with you so that in their shining, they give permission to others to shine. I'm super excited today to tell you that I have a dear friend on the show. She's our guest today, Jan Ann Dubin. I think everyone listening probably knows you, Jan Ann. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Susan. Happy to be here. You bet. Let me just set the record straight. So it's Jan Ann. It's not Jan. It's not Ann. It's Jan Ann. So interesting story. Jan was my uncle and Ann was my grandmother. So I am named after two people who I dearly love. And for many years while at DLA Piper and its legacy firms, there was a bankruptcy partner whose name was Janice Dubin. And in order to delineate me from her, I started to use my whole name and it, it stuck. So I, as my mother would say, I'll go by Jan or Jan Ann, just don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> I love that. I love Jan Ann. I think it's unique and uh, you're unique. So I'm going to stick with that. Well, let's start with a pretty much an open question because I like people to get to know my guests for who they are, not what they do or how much they make or what their title is, but you, the person. So what's your story, Jan Ann? Um, so thanks for asking that um, simple, but, but yet complex question. And um, I think it aligns with my story, which I think is also complex yet simple. So maybe the, the converse. Um, by profession, I um, am a legal industry thought leader. Um, uh, I hope those think of me as an innovator. Most people think of me as a connector. And for nearly 40 years, I have um, worked hard to champion diversity, equity, inclusion, and, and spend a lot of my time today focused on this area uh, that's so important called belonging. Um, I serve... Um, as both an executive coach to leaders, managers, and high-performing individuals, um, as well as do strategy work for um, national, local, and boutique um, law firms, as well as global law firms and corporate law departments, as well as some work for financial services and other um, institutional entities. Um, I feel really blessed love the work that I do and um, really look at all of my past um, career experience as stepping stones. In most instances, I was the first in each of the categories and anybody that knows me and maybe my strong personality and um, quirky and unique ways knows that, you know, I'm, I'm best to lead and innovate than attempt to follow in someone else's footsteps because I'm sure I would never um, do things quite as others do. Um, I try to be really goal oriented and pragmatic. Um, others have told me that what they value in me most is that I offer perspective and um, I, I, I try hard to do that, to add value. And um, at times can be like a heat seeking missile to push people to and through their comfort zone to achieve the breakthroughs that often they hire and empower me to do, which um, is um, 
needed, but not always pleasant. Um, and so I try to be respectful in how I do this, but um, it can be tough at times to sure. help people achieve their goals. Sure. Uh, I want to so, just quickly say, I'm going to jump in, folks, and I hope you picked up on this. She is very much, one, a connector, two, able to give perspective. She's done that for me. Um, I'm very passionate about her work. I, too, am in the belonging space, and she lives what she teaches. She walks the walk. So I just wanted to pop in and say that. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I appreciate that. And um, um, it's, it's, it's important. I think, you know, being authentic and sincere in, um, you know, how we present ourselves to others is really critical and also to ourselves and, you know, sort of living a life that's aligned with our views and values. And, you know, it's certainly a lesson that my dad taught me that every night at the dinner table, give back more to the world than you take away. And so I really try to think about that, own it out of, um, respect and paying homage to him and um and and believe in it um and so i spend my day day job if you will focused on the legal space and um uh the the peace and giving back to the world that i also am really passionate about and spend a great deal of time on are the boards on which i serve i today am on the streetwise board which is um a board serving chicagoland's communities homeless um, by giving them a hand up, not a handout. And then additionally, I serve on a board called uh, IC Stars, which is inner city computer stars, which focuses on teaching urban youth um, needed technology skills and then partnering with some of Chicago's most vibrant um, information and technology companies to help place them there and really set up a legacy that changes the composition of, of their workforce. So I feel really proud of the nonprofit um, organizations um, for which I'm affiliated and, and, and mostly the work that they do. Amazing, amazing. I know that investing in young people carries them throughout their days, believing in them, not just showing them the way, but supporting them in their efforts to um, make their own way. That's amazing. Let me ask you, you do a lot every day. I see you out there, you're on LinkedIn. Um, I can't wait to see you soon in Chicago. I'm sure that your days, I know your calendars are packed. I'm sure your days are packed. What, what makes you smile when you wake up each morning? So um, um, required of every morning is um, uh, snuggles with my, my Shetland sheepdog, Quinn, uh, who is um, um, just a delight and um, a really fun dog to spend time with. So um, my, my better half, uh, David, um, and I currently live in different cities. So Quinn is the person I, I or is, 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 is the other being that I typically wake up with in the morning. And um, he's just a sweet pup and, you know, likes to get a morning walk, um, which, which, you know, is always wonderful time for me. And um, additionally, I'm a flower freak. So I have a house full of potted orchids, which I keep around me to stay calm and so that I can always have something beautiful around me. But I love in the spring and winters and uh, sorry, spring and summers in the Chicago area and fall to look at the sort of flora and fauna around where I live. I live close to the lake. Um, in the northern suburbs of Chicago. And I just love looking at my garden and getting my hands in the dirt. And I, I love seeing which critter uh, on a given day is going to 
come into the yard. It's it's kind of mind boggling the the range of 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 little critters that are up here. That's so beautiful. You sound like Snow White. That's amazing. Um, you know, orchids are very difficult to um, nurture and grow and watch flourish. So good for you that you have that gift, that touch, that special touch. Um, I'll also say that's in keeping with your volunteer service to help nurture and grow other young people. And it's just very much your personality. Um, let me ask you this. Do you have a book that's influenced you throughout your life that you want to share uh, um, with the audience? Yeah, I do. So, um, it, and it's a book from grade school, but it, it, it always stuck with me. And I actually physically now have the book. It was so important to me. I went back to my um, elementary school library and asked if I could buy the book and replace it with a more modern version. So the book was George Washington Carver, Boy Scientist by the author was Augusta Stevenson. And um, it was the story of George Washington Carver's life as a, as a young boy, he and his brother were born into slavery. It taught me um, the importance of slavery and understanding the impact of it at a very young age. And um, it was the story kind of written for a, a child's perspective of how George Washington Carver grew up, went on and, and did amazing research as an entrepreneur and an innovator with soybeans and peanuts and you know how he bootstrapped himself up from such humble beginnings to achieve greatness. And um, I was so influenced by this book that I literally would take it out every week um, in school, I would return it on a Friday and then I'd go back Monday when they put it back on the library shelf. And when I went and picked up the book, I was kind of stunned to see the library card um, from many uh, prior and my name was the only one on it, which just stunned me because it, it so influenced my life and, you know, kind of taught me a sensitivity that um, was consistent with my family and upbringing. Um, that you know gave me insight that I think of back and have utilized many times over the years to kind of inform how I think and see the world. Wow. You know what we're going to do, folks? We're going to put an image of that book and the link to purchase that book because if it's as influential as Jan Ann says it is, and if she says it is, it is, then so, I want you to, to reference it. I'd rather, I'd rather reference his work, George Washington Carver's work, and maybe a reference gotcha. in, a, in a more current, you know, it was written at a time probably in the 40s or 50s that may not be right. correct as it should inappropriately be today. Um, and I, I, I can get a photo of that book um, from, my, from my place in the city when I'm downtown on Thursday and share it. But I do think just looking at the importance of his work and how it's influenced both um, education and science um, it would, would be, you know, really heartening for me. So more people understand about, about Dr. Carver's good work. Wonderful, wonderful. And you know, folks, those of you who um, tune in regularly and read the blog, we will share whatever books our guests feel have influenced them uh, in a positive way. So stay tuned for that. Um, well, Jane Ann, you are very exciting and very excitable. What excites you right now? Um, you know, <laughs> uh, I am um, excited about um, 
you know, I, I, I guess I get up every day and, you know, have long believed if isn't a dress rehearsal for something better. So I try to add value and make the most of every day. And um, I guess the joy at my age and my level of experiences, I can do exactly what I want to do in terms of those with whom I choose to work and, and who choose to work with me and, you know, places I can think about adding value. So I'm very passionate about my work and I love what I do. What excites me um, or what I'm excitable about um, are not necessarily some good things right now. I mean, I feel the social unrest in the world and the um, acts of hatred, bigotry and anti-Semitism, um, which from my understanding from reading and experience with some of the work I do with organizations like the ADL, um, are just off the charts. And I feel that this is such a pinnacle time from a social justice standpoint for people to take a stand, for people to um, act and not um, sit on the sidelines waiting um, for something more to happen. I don't know that, um, you know, obviously this is a um, um, time sensitive recording today, but I think the lessons of what occurred last week with the mass shooting in Buffalo, New York are a lesson for all of us on how much work there is to be done and that we can't afford to step back and let others take care of what we all need to do to um, stop stop this madness and, and um, evilness that's out there. So I feel I excited I about that in a, in a way to make me wanna continue to take action. I would say this, um, we are at an all time high for hate and hate, as you know, is a symptom of fear and fear, as you know, is um, propagated by the fear mongers and the propaganda and the group thinkers buy into it. So it's up to us individually to choose love, not fear and to find facts and see how they impact us directly and not buy into the propaganda. And I think that um, this has been building for quite some time. And again, like you said, we are at a pinnacle. I mean, this is just terrific. You, you referenced the shooting. I think there was another the next day. So I, I believe yeah. shootings. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and it's become so like the daily news that people are getting numb to it. And oh, another day, another shooting. It, it's not having that excitable impact that they should have and that they used to have because it's become so frequent, right? So um, thank you for your getting excited and being passionate about combating uh, fear, ignorance, hate, all the same thing, right? Um, I, I am so with you, sister. Let yeah. me tell you. Um, well, let me ask you this. You mentioned a lot. When you speak about yourself, you share a lot of, um, it seems to me you live through your values, right? You share a lot of your values. We know who you are through your values when you speak about yourself. Uh, what of all these values, or maybe what's something really important, um, if someone else were to describe you or how you might describe yourself, what's the most important thing we should know about you? Yeah, so um, I, I think it's kind of picks up on the heels of what I just mentioned. I will always fight to help women and minorities level the playing field. I have absolutely zero tolerance for racism bigotry, prejudice, and I 
um, have spent nearly 40 years working in the trenches with various organizations to counter divisive behavior. And um, I feel really passionate about the work I've had the privilege to do with, um, um, some people will use the, the um, term, um, um, you know, um, urban youth. I always refer to them as um, opportunity youth. Um, uh, I've, I've had a chance to work with a number of different organizations throughout my years, um, something called the Double E Urban Youth Program, which was the first program in Chicago to twin business and education. I um, was fortunate to be recruited to the Public Allies Chicago Board by our former First Lady, Michelle Obama, who I had the privilege to work with in 1985 when she was a first year summer associate after her first year at Harvard Law School before she went to Sydney and Austin. And um, um, it was truly an extraordinary experience to serve on a board with her and, and um, um, you know, um, you know, kind of look, look at the good in people. I will tend to look as, as half full and not half empty. Um, um, you know, choose places in addition to the work that I do where I volunteer my time um, that I feel I can make a difference. So to me, you know, spending time with younger people um, and people of all ages, I feel like everybody has gifts um, my joy and, you know, privilege is to help unearth those gifts and kind of get to know others and in turn, um, you know, as you, you said earlier, live, live my values. And, you know, that, you know, to me, the more diverse people's backgrounds are from mine, the more I have to learn and, and um, you know, can kind of open my head and heart up to um, walk with others and kind of understand the shoes that they fill. I love that about you. And folks, I know Jan Ann, so I can say this with 100% um, surety. She listens with empathy and not judgment. So I, I'm truly grateful to call her friend. Jan Ann, let me ask you, you inspire me every day. Has someone in particular, I know Michelle Obama has inspired you and me and many, many millions of others uh, of women, especially, but has someone in your life inspired you or been a mentor that inspired you? You know, it's interesting. Um, many years ago, I, so I, I went to business school uh, as an older adult um, while working full time at one of the successor firms to, um, or legacy firms to DLA Piper. And I had the good fortune through a program out of Minnesota called Mentium, which um, originally I was asked, would I be a mentor for a young woman? Um, coming out of corporate America. And when I went for my interview, the lady asked me in 1994, had I ever um, had a mentor? And I said, no, I never had had one mentor. I had pieces of many, or I sort of foisted myself on them and kind of demanded that they, or <laughs> lightly, but actually demanded is probably more accurate, that they help me. But I, I you know, kiddingly said to the woman, you know, I am a mentor for a number of women partners at law firm, women and male partners at law firms. Um, if you're going to assign me to a partner with a law firm or an accounting firm, no, thank you. You know, I, I've already worked with those people in, in a different capacity. 
but if you could find me a white male CEO or former CEO, someone that I, you know, have not, I'll never be a man. And I, 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 um, you know, wasn't sure at the time in my early thirties that I would, I would be a CEO of an organization. And so I thought that would be the kind of person I could learn from. And I was blessed to be meant uh, to have as my mentor, a man named Howard Haas, who was the former CEO of Sealy Mattress Company. And he was a professor at the University of Chicago, which I had just completed my MBA from. Um, as And he taught a class on leadership. So for a year, we were twinned with one another as a mentor and mentee. And we met once a month and would discuss various leadership topics. And as he used to tease me, I would shop for the best of his advice, or at least that advice that I found to be relevant and practical, whether I applied it immediately or reflected upon it many years later. Um, I still think of Howard. I still think of things that he taught me about risk, about women perhaps not taking enough risk or taking good risk. And um, there are just many lessons that sort of trickle back. And unfortunately, Howard is not with us any longer today, but the lessons he taught are, and um, his lessons in leadership are in, um, um, have been memorialized in a number of leadership books that he's written. So I will be sure to give you the link to Howard's books. Um, and, um, you know, so I would say he was certainly influential. A professor, um, Jennifer Francis, that I had in business school who worked with him, um, also would be somebody that I would consider to be um, um, a mentor and, you know, really kind of opened my eyes to think about um, leadership from a very different perspective, which is ironic as today I spend a lot of my time working with leaders and teaching leadership and executive presence, which is something I, I truly am, am, am quite passionate about. Wonderful, wonderful. I'll say that it's really important, folks, that men mentor women and women mentor men. This is one of the best ways to be curious about this, the quote unquote other and to combat gender bias in the workplace. So the fact that you had a man mentor you and that you have uh, mentored men and vice versa, that we should do more of that. Everyone should do more of that. I don't know a lot of women who've had male mentors. So that's wonderful that you have this great history uh, although he's no longer with us um, physically, you know, you have the, the memories and the books and such. So that's wonderful. Well, let me ask you one last question before we wrap up. Um, it sounds like a bed of roses and I know life isn't. What was your biggest challenge or setback and how did you overcome it if you're willing to share? Sure. So most people that know me today would never believe it. But when I first entered the workforce, I was actually very shy. Um, I remember, <laughs> um, it, yeah, that's the reaction I get. A lot of people laugh and, and find it too hard to believe. But, yeah. you know, as a, as a younger person, I just didn't have the same self-confidence and experience that I have today. So I had to kind of find my way. And I found by working really hard and sometimes, you know, over preparing, I would go into meetings with greater confidence than, um, you know, I would have had I had I not had the experience. And I'm sure at my early days in my early 20s, when I first worked at a at a midsize law firm that no longer exists today called Chadwell and Kaiser, I would bombard the, the 
senior partners there with so many questions that they finally would give me answers just to send me away. But I, I remember, you know, my first month in the job, I was so intimidated by the four sweet summer associates. And I actually asked my boss if I ever had to talk to them again. They said, she said to me, yes, you do that. that's your job to interact with them. Horrified, but I got over it, and so. Um, Why did you? <laughs> you know, figure figuring out how to, you know, where my strengths were, and you know that everybody has kind of a unique value proposition that they offer. It just took me time to figure it out. I was not a, a either a great student or comfortable in my own skin in high school. It took going away to college and some experience under my belt in the workforce to get me comfortable. And so, you know, it helps me, especially when I, I, I meet people that are um, shy or, or kind of lacking in confidence. Um, mm -hmm. you know, oh, I was terrified to do any kind of public speaking today. You know, I, I, I you know, just routinely do it um, as, as part of my DNA. But, um, you know, always having that sort of um, root as a shy person um, makes me realize like the ground I've I've covered and how far I've come. But um, you know, it also makes me very respectful of others that aren't always the first right. voice to speak and making sure to give people a voice and help them, you know, communicate their view, which which again is part of the work that I do. So I have more insight than just, you know, sort of, you know, constantly being with people that are that are um overt or, 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 you know, braggarts or, or, or just confident in what they do, but, you know, respecting a lot of different perspectives that people bring to the table. So introverts and, you know, I, there's a, a good book called Quiet um, that, um, you know, really talks about the world in, as introverts and extroverts and really says that most people are ambiverts, that they've got a little of, of each in their DNA, and certainly I do. And um, while I'm I'm not that shy person that I once was, it's the root that made me. And so, you know, covering the ground that I have over time has made me appreciate. You know, people people come in a lot of a, a lot of different ways and and um, comfort levels. Yeah, I love that book. It's by Susan Kane. She actually is a friend of mine on Twitter. We uh, message sometimes. Um, I am an ambivert. People would swear I'm an extrovert, but I refuel often by journaling or spending time alone or, or sketching, um, those sorts of things. But I'm going to tell you, that's the perfect example of how you listen with empathy and not judgment by being open to those who might be shy or, um, and shy and introvert are different things, right? Um, introverts, mm -hmm. um, you know, they choose to refuel in a certain way or to be around certain people. Shy people really do struggle. I mean, that, that's a true struggle for them. Um, so it's wonderful that you're open to um, assisting them where they need assisting. So let me ask one last question. I know I had said the last one was the final, but I want to make sure people can reach you because you're amazing and everyone should know you. Um, I'm not sure there are too many people in my network who don't. <laughs> <laughs> in case there's one or two of you out there, how can they reach you if they want to know more about you, Jan Ann? Sure, they can. I think you can find my mobile on on uh, on um, the internet, but Jan at JanAnnDubinConsulting.com is the best way to reach me, um, or on my mobile number, which is 312-399-3116. If 
I always say, if you can, if you can reach me, you, if you can find me, you can reach me. So um, nice. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be very accessible. She is folks. And I'll put all this information in the blog as well, in case you didn't have a pen or paper to write that down. Um, Jan Ann, thank you so much. It's always my pleasure when we chat and it's great to be able to share you with my network. Thank you, Susan. This was a wonderful conversation. Uh, it made it very easy on my part. So I, I hope this is of interest to your audience and I truly appreciate the opportunity to have the conversation with you. You bet. I can't wait to give you big hugs in Chicago soon. Me too. All right. Bye-bye. Have a good day, everybody. And thanks for listening in. Thank you.